reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, it's Tip Hall from Novus Bounce Forward Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host, Anita Annabelle, Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter. In today's episode, I spoke to the absolutely gorgeous inside and out Tiff Hall, who is on a mission to help you live a fitter, healthier and more balanced life with new original podcast, Bounce Forward. In this chat, we spoke about the new series while she also gave some really, really great tips. And she also told me how her ex broke up with her after she booked Gladiator and how it changed her entire life. Tiff also revealed the reason why she decided not to showcase her kids on social media. And it's a must listen. Bounce Forward is an original Nova podcast which is released every single Monday. Catch it wherever you get your podcasts from. Here's Tiff Hall. That is so cute that we are matching. I love it. I love it. Colour of the season. How gorgeous. I literally just threw this on. Gosh, just been so busy this morning. How are you? Well, thank you so much for this. I'm very excited you I have never ever met you I've I've worked in this industry for so long and we've never ever crossed paths so I'm so thrilled thank you yes of course so are you in you're at home in Melbourne right now I am I am indeed yes is it freezing cold it is so cold I was I was in a puffer in my house like with the heating on like it's freezing it's icy. Yeah. It's, I mean, in, I'm in Sydney, so it's not as bad, but like I sit in front of a heater. It's, it's so bad. Yay. You're probably going to be like, Anita, that is so bad for you, but like, I love it. I love being in front yeah, of a I know. Like, putting a million crazy. layers on. I get yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's talk about your podcast because I'm actually personally so keen to hear this. Thank you. So, for anyone who doesn't know about this podcast, can you please give us a rundown of what Bounce Forward is? Yeah. Bounce Forward is me chatting through healthy tips, tricks, the do's, the don'ts, but it's really fuss-free, realistic and easy to understand and digest information because you're being bombarded by wellness information every day. You know, are you juicing enough? Are you wearing the right active wear? Are you sweating right? Are you doing the right kind of exercises? So much. And I break all that down into simple things like um, how to get better sleep, uh, are cheat days any good? Uh, gym intimidation. Um, what else do I talk about? Oh, I've done so many fantastic episodes. You know, weight loss tricks that work, weight loss tricks that don't work. Um, how to climb the fitness mountain if you're standing there for the first time. You know, all of these things, I just break it down. And then I'm also interviewing experts as well. And I have some really fantastic, well-known, famous people coming onto the podcast and talking to them about their wellness and their healthy habits and how they integrate health into their lives that are super busy as well. 
You touched on this, what what you said about there's just so much information out there and it's like yeah. how do I put that into practice? And also there's a lot of misinformation as well. So this is so needed, so needed. Yes, yes. and I've got 20 years' experience in the industry. I feel like I know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> um, I think having uh, a voice of reason amongst the noise is helpful for people. So it's only going to help. It's the short, sharp episodes, 10 to 15 minutes. I know how busy people are. And um, yeah, I think it's working a treat. It's really helpful. I feel like I'm going to binge all of them in one go. This has just come at the most perfect time. So this is amazing. But interestingly, like the term healthy, a lot of people will probably associate with weight loss. What is healthy to you? So I think there are a few markers like, you know, whether you are moving your body and have a balanced diet and you look after your sleep hygiene and some of those basic things. But for me, healthy is all about your mental being and your emotional fitness as well. And I think having a good marriage between them all, that's what healthy is, looking after your mind, your body, and your spirit, your emotions, your psychological fitness, your um, your social connectedness as well. Uh, that's what healthy is to me. Oh, I Not love being that. isolated and worrying about a number of battles. Yeah. yeah. I love that because health is such a, it's such a broad term, I guess, or being healthy is a broad term. Oh, it is. Yeah, 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 it really is. And I think you're right. People will focus on the scales and focus on a number, and that has no bearing because you can have skinny, unhealthy people. Absolutely. You know, I've trained many of them. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a mindset thing, right? Like a lot of it is mindset. Um, you know, a, a skinny, health, unhealthy person might be very in their mind mentally they might be thinking that if I'm not skinny I'm not this so then they're not eating so then they're that's that's being quite unhealthy right yeah and then you're depriving yourself so there's psychological damage and you know there's there's so much in, in it like it's just you've got to look after your mental well-being I think and when you're mentally fit then you make better choices for your body yeah and for your yeah Please do not answer this if you don't want to and I can cut it out, but I just thought of something. What are your thoughts on the whole Ozempic situation? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's very dangerous. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of celebrities and well-known people as a trainer mm. lose drastic amounts of weight fast and I know what it takes to lose drastic amounts of weight fast because I was a trainer on The Biggest Loser and I have a lot of experience with drastic weight loss Mm. measures and I know what weight loss targets I could hit implementing those things without drugs or performance enhancers or any of that kind of stuff and they're getting results bigger than what I could do on The Biggest Loser, right? And I think to myself, they're not putting in the hours and hours of training that's required. They're not eating specifically or tracking their macros like you would have to to get those results so quickly. Mm. So what are they doing? It has mm-hmm. to be empathetic. And I think it's a really dangerous message to people because I don't think that they're being honest about it. I 
I hear them, oh, it's just torsion control and Pilates, as if. Like, that's not going to get those results. We don't know look, the long-term damage of it. I have read that when you come off it, your appetite increases again. Um, so how long can you stay on it? How long can you sustain it? Um, I, 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 I think it's very dangerous and I don't know, I'd have to read more research about it, but um, it's just a dangerous message for young people out there. I yeah, it really looking is. Up to, looking up to celebrities and and plus getting their hands on something that is really needed by people who are, are genuinely sick and, and need the the medication is also wrong, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. And I think like this kind of plays into the whole toxic positivity on social media. So I actually wanted to ask you about that and what you thought about toxic positivity because, you know, that's the pressure to dis display positive emotions, suppressing any negative emotions and feelings and reactions. Do you think, what do you think of toxic positivity when it comes to social media? I think it's, I think it's poisonous. I really do. I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability and connecting with people, having gone through something, saying, I see you, I've been there, and it's not all rosy and it's hard, but I am going to push through. And that's what Bounce Forward has been about for me. It's been not just the philosophy I took on to, you know, fight back against bounce back culture, but after having a baby, it was a philosophy that I adopted through all kinds of setbacks in life. Mm. And it's about accepting where you're at and being kinder to yourself. And it's okay, I think, to have a little bit of a meltdown. It's real and that's so important. I think if you just say, think positively, that's not really going to fix anything. Uh, I think you need to accept where you're at and go deeper and sit with the feelings and address it and, you know, because what you don't repair repeats itself. Mm. And if you're just always trying to cover it up with a Band-Aid of positive positivity, it, it's not going to help. And I've had many moments and many meltdowns on social media and it's only brought me closer to my community. And I've always thought, oh, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said that. And then so many women contact me saying, I've been there too. That's so important. Like I, I, I feel seen mm. and I think that's really powerful. Vulnerability. Absolutely. I mean, with toxic positivity, positivity, watching those things on social media, you're like, well, I'm not doing good enough. I'm not, I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, why is my life not perfect? Yes. And perfect just doesn't exist. And also, not only do I show a lot of vulnerability on social media, but I also work in the media and have a big social media following and I have a social media team and I have, you know, I have all the things that people in my job have. Mm. I understand the amount of curation that goes into showing a perfect Instagram feed for a business or for whatever needs you have. And I choose not to do that, but I look at positive, you know, toxic sort of feeds that are so perfect. And I know the photo shoots, the lighting, the, the messaging going into it, um, the people involved in creating that post and a professional videographer, like they're not just playing around with their reels. They're getting professional videographers to create content. Like it's not, 
it's not attainable. So I, I know what's behind the curtain and I choose not to engage in it, but it is just so bad for people. Like, you know, I, I chat to people on the street and they think it's real. Oh my God, you know, she's so perfect. How does she have, you know, all these kids and yet so, you know, and where's school drop off and the mess and the. <laughs> it's happening. It's, it's just happening it's behind. It's bulk, yeah, it's bulk filmed on film, social media filming days and there's lighting and there's this and that and fake tan and it's all like, yeah. <laughs> I love how passionate you are about this because this is something that it's really difficult, especially for women in this day and age. It's so, so difficult. But there is something that I loved is the term realistic optimism, which is what your podcast is about. And it's designed to give just that, which is literally the opposite of toxic positivity. Can you explain that term realistic optimism a little bit more? Yeah. So it's it's about celebrating the small wins, I think. It's about, because I've, I've been there, right? I, I've put on over 40 kilos in my pregnancies. I've had to try to lose that weight very, very slowly and sustainably so that I can get back into my fitness and strength. And, you know, I've had setbacks and injuries and miscarriages and, you know, all the things that women go through. I've been through that and I feel that I, I understand. And one of the things that helps is to set goals that are realistic and celebrate the small wins. So I'm talking not milestones here, but little inch pebbles. And that's what helps to slowly build positive reinforcement and therefore build motivation. And that's how you keep going. And that's how you get started as well. So it's, it builds that optimism, that positivity, because you have to start with something that you're not going to fail at. And that's what I say to all my clients and members, you know, choose something you can't fail at. If you think you can just do 10 minutes of a workout, then start with that and build on that because then you'll feel the positive reinforcement, you'll feel the motivation and you'll show up the next day. If you set yourself the goal to run 10Ks first day, you fail, you're not coming back. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where the realistic optimism comes from, the celebrating the small wins and the small goals. That's so cool because one thing I think that a lot of people who, and and on the flip side of that, a lot of people who have started, you know, at the gym and they might go for two months and go really, really hard and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, did they do three or four weeks of nothing because they're so demotivated. Yes. So is that the same thing that people should re kind of, bring back in if they want to be more motivated or how do you think someone should be motivated after being demotivated because it's a cycle it is a cycle and I think the best thing you can do because we are social animals is find support because if you have and find a community and these days we talk about the toxicity of social media but there's also so many positive aspects and there are communities out there online communities, gym communities, communities in whatever little thing that you find that you love, that kind of movement that you love, and find a community, I I say, and within that get that support because it makes you accountable and when you're accountable, you're going to show up and you're going to just do the 10 minutes or, you know, be consistent with the small wins and and it, it does create that momentum. So I always say find the support and also 
invest in a coach or a PT or an expert in that field, whether it's some coaching online, whether it's someone on social media you trust, you follow a program, maybe it's someone at your gym, you can split a PT, you know, with a friend if you can't afford a PT. And yeah, just getting some expert advice to set you on the track, on the right track. So you've got to have the realistic goals and a plan. And I think then you have to start doing the work. Like at my gym, the words show up are just plastered on the walls. That's all it says, show up. Because showing up is the hardest part, right? Once you start moving, endorphins kick in. And endorphins are so powerful, you'll keep going. So my next tip is always to get moving. Like don't overanalyze, don't overthink it because analysis is paralysis and you will just get stuck in that. Just start moving. It's really, really important. And, and then I, I always say just ditch the scales because if you are, if you are demotivated because of your weight, because the weight's not shifting, like it's a really shitty place to be. And I say get rid of the scales and focus on PBs. So, you know, maybe you're, you're training for an event or a challenge or you're doing something with a mate in the gym or, you know, focus on that and, how many push-ups you can get in a month or if you can run 1K in a month or something like that instead of worrying about the scales because if you're training, the reality is your weight may not change. It might even get heavier as you put on some muscle and recomposition your body to have more lean muscle and less body fat. Your, your weight, you know, I've been the same weight sometimes and looked like I've been the same weight and looked like a gladiator and been the same weight and looked overweight and been the same weight and looked as I am now. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because when I was a gladiator, I had a lot more lean muscle and I was as heavy as I am now. But I've now, I've, you know, I had a baby and whatever and I'm still getting back to where I was and I don't really have any definition or muscle at the moment. You know, I'm getting there, but I'm not. But it's the same weight. So it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to get down on yourself over the weight issue. So I say get rid of the scales. Throw them out. That is, I mean, as a woman for me, like that's the hardest part is that I've lost, you know, in in some respects I've lost 16 kilos, but then I'm such a weight. Yeah. Have you? Really? Yeah. That's a lot. But over the last, yeah, it's been over the last um, year and a half. Like it took. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But the thing is the last, in the last couple of months, you know, it's really, really hard to kind of, to it goes up and down and up and down and yeah, up and that's down. that's where your training has to come in. So the food has done the work and the food is like 90% and you'll drop the big number. But then you get down and you get these little, ooh, 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 ooh. That's where the training has to up the ante. Yeah, up the training. And then your body will, it'll recomposition and you'll start to find, oh, I'm, my clothes are fitting differently, you know? And that that's how you tell, oh, I'm doing the right thing here. Yeah. You actually just said this, the 90% in the kitchen. I actually always thought it was 70% in the kitchen, 30% in the gym. But obviously there's truth to the fact that it's what you put in your mouth is actually the biggest way to lose weight, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't out-train the diet part. It's, it's I think, 90% and you, you really need to have that good foundation. And like I said, it's different at different stages. Like if you have a lot of weight to lose, like when I was, you know, 40 kilos, looking at 40 kilos, 
I had to, I knew it was more the kitchen than the gym at that point because I couldn't go hard in the gym because I was carrying so much weight. My joints were aching and I, I couldn't physically go for a run or do the heavy weights and build that intensity to get the results. Mm. So you have to focus on the food. And then when you get lighter, you can focus on the intensity with the training. And so I think at the beginning it's 90% and then it becomes 70% once you're light enough to build that intensity. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. That's really, when you keep saying you put on 40 kilos, is that, I'm just so shook by that because 40 kilos on your body, that, I don't understand. You're my height. Oh my God. Yeah, and I was over 100 kilos after I gave birth to Vader. And I didn't eat shit and I, <laughs> I exercised throughout my pregnancy. But for me, I don't know what happens. It happened to me with Arnold as well. Hormones, whatever. I just I blow up fluid, everything. It just blew up. So I was just going to ask you if it was water weight. What yeah. what is the difference between water weight and is it just re- fluid retention? Obviously? Yeah, fluid retention. Yeah, fluid yeah. retention. And there was a lot of fluid retention, absolutely. But I also had a lot of fat as well. I, I don't know. Everything I was eating was storing. It was just – and also in pregnancy, muscle becomes catabolic. Like you, 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 you lose your muscle mass as well. And so I just – yeah, it just happens to me. <laughs> different. I just put on a lot of weight in pregnancy and I was hungry and I was eating good food, but probably eating more for more than a portion. You know, I wasn't measuring my food intake. Of course I wasn't, but whatever. It happens. I get fit again and yeah, I have my beautiful babies. <laughs> oh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting with pregnancy. I am really curious. I mean, I know this topic has turned to weight loss, even though we were like healthy, it's not just about weight yeah. loss, but it is a big no. component, you know. <laughs> but I am curious with pregnancy, though, with weight loss. I mean, what what do you suggest is the best way to remain fit and healthy during pregnancy? Is it different for everybody? Is it a matter of listening to the professionals, what what do you think? Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. I don't think you need to worry about heart rate because there's this huge myth that you have to train with your heart rate at a certain level and not go above it. Don't worry about that because your heart rate goes through the roof when you're giving labour. Um, <laughs> it's probably know, the fastest you've ever had your yeah, heart rate. Yeah, it's like it's not, the new, the new um, research now is don't worry about heart rate. And my advice is not to be, um, you know, not to be tentative about exercise in pregnancy because a lot of people think, oh, I'm pregnant, so I better not lift an eight-kilo dumbbell. If you did it before you were pregnant, you can do it whilst you are pregnant. Whatever you did before, do it whilst you're pregnant. I'm not saying if you haven't done CrossFit before you're pregnant, don't take up CrossFit whilst you are pregnant. Don't start something new. That's crazy town. But if you are, if you were fit and healthy and active before you're pregnant, you can do all of that. I, I really do. The one thing that I recommend not doing is running because after a certain point, like uh, after 20 weeks or something, running before that, that's fine. But as you get bigger, the pelvic floor, you've got to look after your pelvic floor. And and that, that would be my one 
recommendation. But other than that, just don't be scared of exercise when you're pregnant. Uh, I say go for it. Maybe if you're, if you, you know, if you're a beginner or you want to stay active, maybe get a trainer or, you know, talk to an expert or get a program or something if you're not confident. But if you've been training and exercising before you're pregnant, go for it. You have my blessing. (laughs) You have Tiff's blessing. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I've never been pregnant and I probably won't be for a while, but, um, but I'm actually 37. Remaining healthy and active at my age, is that something Mm. that will help with my fertility or is it completely separate? I'm not an expert, but the eggs age, regardless of how healthy you are. So, you know, my eggs are nearly 40, you know, and that's, that's the age of the eggs. There's nothing about my weight or my health or what I eat that will affect the age of my eggs. Mm. But, you know, fertility, I don't know, staying healthy, staying fit, having a balanced diet, definitely diet, staying off the sugar, uh, limiting caffeine, <laughs> drinking alcohol, all of those things are going to benefit you yeah. to be a better home for, for a baby. baby. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I love, yeah. I love how you just name I love how you just name all of the good things like <laughs> Yeah. All the boring stuff. All the boring things. You're like no that sugar. Really <laughs> that's, you know, that's me like I'm a non-drinking, yeah, very boring person. That's not but, making you boring. It's a oh, really common so. No, but you know what? Not drinking has become the new drinking. Like it's a really interesting, I I know that a lot of my friends are kind of going sober now and a lot of it has to do with mental health. I think a lot of alcohol has has really, really affected a lot of our mental health. You know, it gives you anxiety, especially if you're prone to anxiety. So I actually think it's it's really good that you're not drinking. Yeah, well, I I never really have Mm. and been forever. And when I met my husband, he had been sober for, I don't know, 15 years before I met him. So he was, he's always been a non-drinker in our lifetime, like wow, knowing him. Wow, I did not know so, that about Ed. Yeah, yeah, non-drinker. So we, so invite us out. We're a great fun couple. <laughs> Absolutely. We're <laughs> you know, not even Sydney next. Uh, you know, the two of us <laughs> non-drinkers, like, but I always say, oh, Ed, your personality is so good and you're, you're so funny. You're the life of the party anyway. You don't need it. Like, so funny. Yeah. I love him on Have You Been Paying Attention. Yeah. I love him. Love, love, love him. He's great. He's great. Yeah. It's so, You guys are a gorgeous power couple. It's so oh, cool to see. You. Yeah, it's really, really cool to see. And it's actually a great model for a lot of people who see you both and you're both so incredibly successful. And you in your own right, I mean, do you know I completely forgot you were on Gladiators? I remember. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's what was your name ago. on Gladiators? What Angel. Was, oh, you were Angel, of course. <laughs> I know. I had goldfish because I'm like, and we're, we're about the same age, so I had goldfish yeah. called Vulcan and Delta. Oh, that is so cute. I wonder how Vulcan and Delta are these. I know. I'm so, I'd love to know. I don't know. I don't know. Vulcan's real name, like Rupert or something. It was something like really randomly not Vulcan. I cannot remember. Yeah. Yeah. And even I think Thunder's name was Derek. Like, you know, that was funny. That was funny. But I just, it was honestly, 
decade ago, like forever ago. It's just like another lifetime. And my my son is five and he collects footy cards. And one day I was going through stuff and I found my fan card. Like we had all these gladiators. I remember. I remember. I love that show. Yeah, whatever. And I gave him Angel. And he looked at me like, this is you. I'm like, this is mummy's special card. You have to look after it. And he's putting in his footy album for school. And it's so cute. And it's just like, oh, like that's the only relic of Angel that's in our house. That show was so popular though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it really was. So that's how I met Ed. I was an I was a gladiator and he interviewed me on radio. He was still he was working in radio back then. Yeah. And we connected in an interview. That was that was how we met. That is my dream, just quietly. Yes. Yes, interview your the love of your life. Yes. That is so cool. I just don't think I ever knew that. That is the best yeah. story ever. And now yeah, look at you with your beautiful babies. And yes. Yeah, and haven't been separated a day since, really. Like, honestly, it was like interview, straight into dating, straight into girlfriend, boyfriend. Oh. And then engaged and married and, and babies and yeah, empires it, and it went like all right you're my person okay good that was it oh <laughs> my goodness that is the best story I've ever heard yeah. I love that love he love said love to that his housemate at the time he his housemate he said he was watching gladiators he said I'm going to marry Angel and his housemate said yeah right man like as if it, we're watching gladiators now as if Angel's going to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. We invited him to the wedding, and he's like, "This is so weird." <laughs> that is such a, that is yeah. so phenomenally beautiful. I wonder if yeah. he, I wonder if he organised to get you on. Yeah, definitely. He said he did. He 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 begged the Channel Seven publicist to have me on, and he I I was on like not just once. He had me on like three times. And the publicist is like, oh, you know, like we've done it. Like we're not coming back again. Can you just ask her out to dinner? Can you just <laughs> do the normal dating thing instead of just asking her back to the interview? Like it's a drainer. Like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, you want to get dinner? I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Thank yes. God, finally. Yeah. You're like, I've been waiting for this my whole life for you. That is yes. such the best story. I'm sure you've told that before, but I had never personally heard no. it. So yeah, what a phenomenal story. And so Gladiators was before Biggest Loser? Oh, yeah. Yeah, years, years before. before because you were really, yeah. really young. Because Gladiators, what, I must have been yeah, high school. Early 20s. But you were early 20s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, early 20s. And then I started working on The Circle, like morning television. Oh, The Circle, of course. Yeah, and I was PTing Chrissy Swan and Chrissy was on and I do morning segments on fitness and stuff. And that's where The Biggest Loser saw me on Channel, because I was on Channel 10. Mm. They saw me and they just rang me and I went on to The Biggest Loser straight after through that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> random. It was all random. It's funny because you kind of hear a lot of these stories, like a lot of your stories, but I think it's so wonderful to hear you tell them because it's just like this, it's like piecing together this amazing puzzle of yeah. how your career kind of came to be. And with The Biggest Loser, I mean, I know I've interviewed Michelle about it before and she said <laughs> this show just wouldn't work in this day and age. No. 
yeah, she's right, 100%. And we all agree. I can't believe the things that went to air, like temptation. You know, when you're thinking I'm dealing with contestants with diagnosed binge eating disorder or an eating disorders, and then we're tempting them with food. It's so cruel. It's so not. What about their mental health? And like they had access to a psychologist. They had access to us 24-7 and seven days a week. And Michelle and all of us, we tried our guts out with them. But um, it's just the challenges and things like that. Some of it was just really quite, yeah, off-putting now. You know, it was off-putting then as a trainer. It's off-putting now in the current culture. You know, and the trainers would fight it. We would go to the producers and be like, are you serious? You can't have them do that. And it's TV. I mean, yeah. I do love and applaud you all for coming out against it and not, and it's, to be honest, I think it's really hard. Like back then, I just don't think we had the knowledge And I think that that's something to really kind of look at is go, there wasn't this knowledge that we have now. And even though you guys had the knowledge, I think it, as a society, we didn't have the knowledge. Still obsessed with weight loss back then. Yeah. Still obsessed. The befores and the afters and the transformations. Yeah. Yeah. Our makeover week would be the highest rating episode and all of that. Like, and I grew up watching The Biggest Loser and then. You know, when I was on it, it was the highest rating show on the network, like four nights a week. It was a, it was a monster. Yeah. Um, but just it wouldn't fly these days and I'm not sure how a health and fitness show would sit, you know, because it is so, yeah, nuanced and hard and, you know, as much as we want to showcase health and fitness to the masses, mm. I, I just don't know how that would be done now. I I mean, and that's the other thing is that what you said before was about everybody's difference. So what might work for somebody, it's like obviously the foundation's there, but what might work for someone might not work for somebody else. And it's it's really interesting. But I I do really think like it had its place back then, but it's also really interesting to hear you now, you know, 20 years in the industry going, you know what, this is not this is not how it should be. Yeah, and you learn. Yeah. Yeah, you learn and you grow as a person, as a trainer, I was in my young 20s and, you know, fit as it just like, like you hadn't been through anything, you know, mm. hadn't had any injuries or setbacks or really had to run a business and then know how the struggle of juggling health and fitness with things. My career was fitness. So it was like, well, you know, mm. why can't you fit it in? Like I, I never got it. But I've been through so much now that I do get it and I'm a better trainer for all those setbacks and all that, the, the, the things I've been through. Um, I wouldn't change any of it. So it, it's, it's a good thing. And that is such an important message to share, which I'm sure bounce forward. You've got the, that in mm. there as well. And did you, you studied nutrition and health? What was your degree? No. Oh, you didn't. No, not nutrition. No. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no. So I went to Melbourne University and I studied journalism and did a degree in uh, arts, media and communications and a diploma and specialised in languages, lived in Paris and my French degree there 
and came out wanting to be a journo and worked at the Herald Sun and at Channel 7 for a little bit. But when I was working at Channel 7, I was doing an internship there. That's when I auditioned for Gladiators and I got on Gladiators. And then because I'd been in boxing boots and wings and like a sexy bra on TV, I kind of came back and was like, yeah, so about that internship. And they're like, no, now you're a gladiator. And I'm like, yeah, but I was a gladiator. Now I'm not. Now I still want to be a journo. And it was a bit of a hard thing because I was famous as Angel. Um, And so I then was getting a lot of PTing and fitness. Fitness was always on the side of what I really wanted to do, which was Mm. journalism and writing and I've published over 11 books, fiction and nonfiction. I love my fiction writing. Um, I really wanted to focus on the fiction, but the fitness kept taking over and I kept having so many great opportunities in fitness and I loved it. And so then I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go with the fitness. And yeah, so that's, that's where it's at. Um, I do have, of course, my personal training qualifications and my specialization in martial arts and I'm a six stand black belt in Taekwondo. So I'm really qualified in the world of martial arts and all of my workouts on TXO and things have that martial arts twist and zest to it because it's such a dynamic, amazing, fun way to train. Yeah. Um, qualifications as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that. And I have thought, oh, do I go back and do my degree in exercise science or what do I do? But I don't know. I feel like I have so much experience on the ground now. Uh, I probably don't need it. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. But, yeah, started out as a, a journo. <laughs> and, and what's so weird about it is everything we learned about audience and everything we learned back then before social media was invented now doesn't exist and my degree now the media and communications degree now at Melbourne doesn't exist anymore and you know we would have broadcasting you know shoots and things like that and everything I learned is just wrong it's all been changed because of social media audience is now community and mm. it's incredible how it's all changed yeah it was a waste of time <laughs> what it was. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. Maybe for it you was. it was. For you it was. But it's interesting. Well, I never finished my degree, and I've said that on this podcast before. I'm a journalist, yeah. and I've never, ever finished my degree. I went back to uni when I was 30, so I've just literally been working this in the whole entire yeah, wow. time. Yeah, And what I've learned on the job and the networking that I, the skills that I have and that kind of thing, that is what's got me to where I am. But yeah. I'm not saying if you are if you want to do a degree, I've learned a lot. I mean, I still use a lot of it in practice, but... I feel for me personally, and I guess you're the same, what you learn on the job has actually helped you more. Yeah. Yeah. But what's really, I just, that story about going on Gladiator and that is how, what changed your path is so fascinating to me because imagine if you hadn't. Yeah. Imagine. And I I had a boyfriend at the time who was fit and we both went to the audition together for a laugh because we thought, let's see who's fitter here, you, buddy, or me. Okay, let's go and have a laugh, right? <laughs> the first thing was like burpees until you gassed and then the next thing was like a hang test, just hold on. Then there was contact sport kind of stuff. 
he got he got out like in the first round and I made it all the way through the contact fighting stuff because I had a unique background in full contact sport. So and they had this tiny little 164 centimeter person come through that could fight and they're like, whoa, okay, that's awesome. You're hired on the spot. And he got really shitty and broke up with me actually. Yeah. He broke up with me. He was like, I can't believe it. Can't believe you'd go on the show without me. I didn't get in. I said, You weren't fit enough to get in. And you had a big fight and he broke up with me. So I wonder where he is now. Shout out. <laughs> it is astonishing to me that this one decision to audition for Gladiators changed the in course of your yeah. entire life. I'm talking yeah. Ed. I'm talking your career mm-hmm. choice. I'm talking, oh, my God, that is just yes, wild to so me. so funny. And, like, my parents were like, oh, my gosh, I've sent you to university. You did this five-year degree. I brought you a, a new blazer for your interviews and your journalism career, and now you're on television. And my dad's like, did Channel 7 give you a boob job? Oh my God, because everything was lifted and tight. And like, you know, I said, no, dad, they haven't. It's just the costume. And and my parents just couldn't get their heads around it. I said, trust me, this is going to be fun. I'm going to like, you know, and it ended up okay because my parents are fitness instructors and they spread the word of fitness to our community and they love spreading health and fitness in any way that they can. And so when I became a gladiator and all of a sudden people were interested in health and fitness and I was getting gigs and jobs and, you know, more clients and stuff, they were like, oh, this is great. Okay, this is fine. Um, But initially it was like, yeah, my grandmother came to watch some of the games (laughs) and she was just a little bit like, what are you doing? I'm swinging from hang tops in the air, just looking up. (laughs) Warming up the pyramid. What was that pyramid? Yeah. Yeah, just and the, like the big. No one can see what I'm doing. I'm you know what? And yeah, the pendulum. Yeah, just crazy. I was undefeated. I was so such a good gladiator, the smallest and lightest gladiator in history, but also very good at it. So <laughs> I never thought about it. It's very funny. Thank you for sharing that because it's yeah. it's actually it's just. It's almost just like that that aha moment where you go, oh, yeah. my God, that's the moment you took the risk. It and was. Here you went. Yeah, took the risk and just because of a silly boyfriend took him up on a bet, you know. And um, I don't know. I think you should be thanking him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I actually want to talk about Vader and Arnold actually because mm. what would you, would you give them advice about going into the public eye? I think about that all the time. And they're banned. Banned? No. <laughs> um, we, because it's a performer, comedian, mm. you know, and it's hard. It can be hard for performance because you're living from contract to contract. You sort of never know what's coming up. Uh, and we don't want that for our children. We want them to have security. Yeah. So for us, we're like, don't go into that kind of thing. Be an accountant. But, you know, my son is already showing a flair for he loves costumes, right? Every day he's a pirate, then he's a knight, then he's a policeman. He's dressing up all the time and Ed's like, oh, these costumes. 
I hope that he doesn't become an actor. And I'm like, I wonder where he got that from. You're on Thank God You're Here in a different costume every five seconds. You know, you love costumes. Ed loves costumes. I love that. He loves playing dress-ups. He loves acting. And I said, Arnold is following in your footsteps. So whatever my kids are passionate about, I will support. But I think there's danger in this world of social media and overexposure and all of that. I don't show my kids' faces on social media and um, I protect them and I just hope that, you know, one day when they give consent that they're educated about going into it. Um, Yeah, I just think it's it's a lot different now to when I went on television, did my thing, it aired on TV and then I didn't hear anything about it. But then I think it was like my third or fourth series, Twitter was born. And I went on TV and then I joined Twitter and all of a sudden it was like, Woof. and it was like, how come your eyebrows are a different color to your hair? And everyone was having a go at my physical appearance and everything. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. So I left Twitter and then I just was like, fine, because it was like, it didn't exist in my world. But then Instagram came after I left The Biggest Loser. Mm. And so then it was just a new world. Um and I remember my manager at the time, there were other gigs and other things happening. And they, she's like, okay, so so-and-so is interested in you. Great. Okay. Well, tell them I was on The Biggest Loser and it rated great and blah, blah, blah. Tell them about the ratings. She's like, no, they're not interested in the ratings. They want to know your numbers on social. And I'm like, I'm not even on social media. What do you mean they want to know the numbers on what? On what? But I was on TV. Who cares about this app? And she's like, it's all about the numbers on the app now. You've got to get on the app. And I'm like, oh, my God. No, so I started it late, like at 2016 or something, and just was like, okay, and then, like, posting a selfie, like, is this what you do? I don't even know. And it was just a real, yeah, real head spin. It's a major learning curve, though, for anybody. Yeah, yeah, head spin. So it's different now, and for the kids it's, it's dangerous. I just, and especially having a daughter, I just will not show her face. I just don't want her to be part of it until she is old enough and understands the dangers and has a really strong sense of confidence and herself. And she's, she's equipped with all the tools to go into social media, you know? So... That's interesting because I actually, before I did any other research, I always go on Instagram first to see what I can see. There was nothing of Vader on there. And now that makes so much sense. And I'll I'll show the back of her head or crawling around or doing stuff on stories and things because it kind of comes and it goes. But, um, yeah, I just really don't show her much. I mean, it's completely a valid, valid choice. Yeah, I just think and also... I made the, because I have never spoken about this, but when I had Arnold, I showed Arnold a lot. And then he turned of a school age and I shut it down because he was getting recognised. And we would go out and people would be like, Arnold, Arnold, these strangers. And he's been taught not to speak to strangers. And it would freak him out and he would cry and he would get really upset because these strangers would always approach him and talk to him. And I thought, this is dangerous. And then we had a little bit of a stalker kind of issue um, with me and I just shut it down. I was like, this is not worth too it. Too much. Yeah, it's too much. And I have, I've. it's not like 
so I see a lot of people say I'm not showing my kids or I am showing my kids mm-hmm. and both are at war with each other. But I have shown my child and also not shown my child. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know the danger of it and what came out of showing him for three years. And now I just like, no, I don't want my kids being recognized. I want them to have a childhood and have that privacy and make have that consent when they're when they're able to give their consent and then I will yeah share it. Yeah. I think that is so valid and so it's a, it's a wonderful thing for you to make as a family that choice. It, it's mm-hmm. funny because I've seen kids out and I've looked at the child first and recognized the child before I recognized the parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, that's so-and-so's child like I can I can specifically pinpoint a couple of examples for you it's hard yeah and that's that's where it was just getting a little bit complicated for Mm. us and with Ed being on have you been paying attention and it's just such a successful show Uh, it was too much attention number one show by the way whenever it's yeah number one like it's I do TV ratings for Media Week. Little plug there if anyone wants to see the ratings for for the TV. But, yeah, have you been paying attention? Number one all the time. All the time. And it was just too much attention on those. I get it. I get it. Faces, so yeah. speaking of those little faces, I know you've got to go and be a mum. So I just have one more question because I have yes. different. So I could talk to you for so many hours. I really have honestly, fun. Thank I'm you. so glad. So, what is one piece of advice that then you'd give that that young twenty year old going on to gladiators? You know, what would you give that that girl advice, knowing everything that you know now? I think I said it before. I think really focusing on what you don't repair, you repeat. So facing up to things that are not feeling right in your gut and using your voice and setting clear boundaries and being confident enough to do that and assertive enough to do that. I was always a little bit unconfident and a bit wishy-washy and didn't have the boundaries and would say yes when I meant no and all of those things. And I think being younger, I just wish I'd been more boss about it Mm. and go, these are my boundaries and use my voice a bit more. Um, And I just really love that. What you don't repair, you repeat. And I just spent a lot of time making the same mistakes. What you don't repair, you repeat. Mm. You are just the best. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for today as well and your time. Oh, are you kidding? Everyone has to listen to Bounce Forward. I'm going to binge every single little episode because oh, thank you. this has come at the most perfect time and I think for a lot of people, the mid-year slump, the perfect time. Yeah, yeah perfect winter. Now is the time oh. to get motivated and set those goals for summer and everything. So, yeah. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, honestly. Oh. Pleasure. Pleasure, anytime, anytime. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.